Hello and welcome to my podcast. Understand. Do you really understand the COVID-19? Do you really know how the virus can change your life? This space is for helping you to listen to the other experience, other reactions, different ways of life and how to handling with the virus. I'm Vitor Moutinho. I'm a communication professional and I'm living and working in Macau. This is the English version of the other series of Understand, but previously recorded in Portuguese language. This talk takes us to the state of Israel, a country in Western Asia located on the southwestern shore of the Mediterranean Sea. Roni Heron, she was living for long years in Dumaguete Island, in the Philippines. She lives and works around the globe, expanding her company Atlantis Dive Resorts. Like me, she's also an ocean lover and a fanatic with underwater world. Because of this pandemic, she almost gets stuck in Europe, but in last minute, get a plane ticket to Israel, and since March, she's living in the country. Working for her, at the moment, is a nightmare. She sold all her belongings in the Philippines and decided to restart a new life in Israel. Today, for the first talk in English, I invited Roni. She's a friend for my diving activity. She was living in Philippines, in the island of Maguet, and travel around the world. And suddenly she was, I can say, stuck in her home country, Israel. And since then, Roni, what happened? We live quite a nomadic life, but uh, definitely our home has been in Philippines for the last three and a half years, uh, in the island of Negros, uh, Oriental, in a small town called Pacom, near Dumaguete. Um, and so we rented a house there. We've been living there for quite some time. Our youngest son was born there. And of course, Uh, because of my work, I travel quite a bit and I handle um, the sales for Atlantis Dive Resorts in Asia and in Europe. And so January, February and March is normally the showtime of Europe. So the last year and also this year, we came to Israel where we are originally from. So the kids um, are here, see their grandparents and go to school. And um, my husband is here as well. And then I go back and forth from Europe, which makes it quite close. Um, so last year we did it. They, they, they were here for three months. I went back and forth. Also visited um, Portugal for the first time last year. It was wonderful. Uh, with a good friend of uh, Vitor who showed me around and remained a very, very close friend of mine. I love this guy. Um, and so, yeah, it's been very interesting um, three months and running around. So this year we said, okay, great. It worked last month, last year. We will do it again. And so we came to Israel in the end of December, 31st of December, uh, January and February. I was on the road constantly like I always am. And, um, when I came back from my last trip 
Uh, and this time we had a, a family was subletting our house in the Philippines. Uh, we did the same thing last year. So we had a sublet in our house. And um, so, and then at the end of February, when things were starting to break. So the first case out of China was actually in Dumaguete. Um, it was a Chinese guy who came to one of the resorts and um, later, unfortunately, passed away in a hospital in Manila. Um, and his wife, I believe as well, I think she survived. I think she's alive, but he didn't make it. And they were young. So actually, Philippines was the first country affected out of China, no knowing or publicly affected. Let's call it that. And so immediately they were starting to get measurements and stuff. And so in the, when I, I came back from Spain on the 29th of February, um, everything was still open everything was still fine i came to israel after a week i've been here our government declared that anyone who came in the last two weeks needs to get into house quarantine um so after a week i've been running around i had to get into the house and and do a quarantine and then a week later uh when i was done with the quarantine I think already the world has started to change um on the 14th of march the Manila, well, the, the president of the Philippines declared that they are about to shut down borders and inter-island movements. Um, at Atlantis Resorts, we have the two resorts. We evacuated everybody uh, from Puerto Galera. They actually had a 12-hour window. Um, the president gave a three-day window to get to Manila and to get out. But the Puerto Galera governor... The Mindoro governor basically said 12 hours and get out of the island. So we've evacuated the entire resort. March is our busiest season. Uh, people were all over the place. Uh, but we are so happy we did it because other resorts didn't do this. And they ended up with guests getting stuck there for months uh, in time where there is no supply. There is no food. You know, your staff can get to work because there's lockdown. So it's really complicated trying to run a business for two people who didn't want to go home. Um, so we were quite lucky. We told everybody there is not really a choice. Um, they have to basically evacuate and leave, um, which is what happened. That was basically happening in the Philippines. Now, I, I, I assume that, again, like you said, the goal of this, this talk is not about... Uh, the business or the Philippines, it's more about yeah, how what I want you, uh, what I want you to, you to, to um, tell me and if you can get is that to people understand how it's difficult to handle a very this situation, handling a job, traveling around the world, try to promote a business and suddenly yeah. you are stuck, you are stopped, you cannot travel and you still need to work, you need You, the, you need to do some activities to your company. Um, how you handle with that situation? Um, so I think, let me go back back to to, Feb, to March, middle of March. So when all these things started happening, we, we didn't know. We didn't know what was going to happen. I think that was the biggest um, the biggest challenge was really the uncertainty. Um, it wasn't about... Yeah, of course it was. Look, I'm I'm used to traveling. I'm used to going around and seeing so many people and and all that. So I think um, on the business side, it was very difficult to manage because nobody knew what was going on. And and so when 14th of March came and we started to evacuate, I was starting to get calls from groups who were coming towards the end of March 
asking me um, to cancel, to reschedule, or what is happening, or are we open, or what's going on, and nobody knew. Nobody knew. Nobody knew what to do. Nobody knew how how long this will be and how to react and how to manage the situation. And every day we kept telling people, you know, just hold on. We we don't know. We ourselves don't know. And we really we didn't know. So that that aspect of the business and trying to handle the uncertainty from the clients, from our agents, from the groups, from the guests. They were asking us all these questions that we we couldn't answer because there was also not very uh, coherent response from the Philippines government. And so people were saying, okay, there is now a curfew, but how long is it going to be? And we said, we don't really don't know. Then at first, I think all this situation, people were losing their flights and and so people didn't know okay should i just reschedule for two weeks time or one month or for how long or no now i just want my money back and what is wrong with you company you're not giving me my money back and you so have idea that the people um, didn't understand <laughs> the problem or didn't understand the serious situation that these virals could create to everybody Yeah, I think nobody nobody knew. Nobody knew. And remember, I I handle people from from over 30 countries, you know? So it was very difficult for me for 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 our Chinese guests, we already knew since uh since uh February that they will not be able to come. So that was quite easy for us. We already knew that they were not coming. We already rescheduled everybody. We already canceled. But for the Europeans, we didn't know. So every country started being different. Some countries were still open. Some countries were closed. And then before we knew it, all the inter-island um, transfers in the Philippines were canceled. So it wasn't anymore about people trying to get into the Philippines. It was a lot about people trying not being able to get from manila to to our resorts or to the boat and then what do you do i mean it's a thing called force majeure what what, what was the so, most difficult part was trying to convince your customers that they should go home or they can't travel to philippines Or it was handling with the whole operational situation of lockdown in the company and in the Philippines? I think both. I think for my job, it was very difficult for me to manage all the relationships with all of our customers and agents who didn't know what to do. And so in cases of uncertainty, I think some people don't handle them very well, especially people who are looking forward to their vacation and now suddenly it's this thing that nobody knows what will happen. So that was on the client side. And then on the on the operational side, absolutely it was things were starting to lock down. But I think the operational side was a bit easier in a way because Once Mindoro went into lockdown, it was the first place that went into lockdown. Once Mindoro went into lockdown, um, we were easy, easy, quite easily recognized the staff that will stay on the property. Uh, Andy, our owner, uh, came from Manila to Portugalera to stay there with his family. 
So he was at the resort and we had uh, 10 staff staying in house and basically taking care of the resort and stuff. So that was quite simple in a way. We didn't have any guests. It was only staff that was fine. So we were getting into projects we never did before, painting this, doing that, you know, little things like this. But okay, there's a week, two weeks, and then what? Um, so I think really overall, also on the operational side, it was the uncertainty that made it so difficult to manage because you don't know. Now is still the time to stop and do, to rethink the business, maybe, um, no? I have to say that I think we are very fortunate and I I'll tell you a story I went when we had the lockdown in Israel it was a soft lockdown so we went up north to my husband's parents and we were all the day outside in nature with the kids but there was a week I needed to I wanted to see my parents I'd missed them a lot and um, And um, so they've asked us to come down and see them well I offered that they didn't want to anyway from here to there From here to there, it, um, I went to see the, the, the school teacher or the kindergarten, the private kindergarten where my kids go to school. So I asked the lady, obviously, can you imagine? Same thing, there are no schools. So parents went to a lot of these kindergartens and said, I'm sorry, we should not be paying for this month because you didn't provide kinder. You know, it's very similar to the case of Atlantis and the Force Majeure. People say, oh, well, I don't want to pay for my vacation. I want my money back. But yeah, but it's not our fault. So I asked her how she's handling with this. And she said, any business that after, um, that after one month is unable to operate or after two months is unable to operate needs to rethink their business strategy. So I don't think we were ever at a point where we needed to think about the, the existence of the business but it was, it's definitely a time where you have to really keep your hand on the pulse and manage in a crisis mode. And that is not, it is, it is not, it's actively planning ahead in a case of uncertainty. Mm -hmm. So you have to be really adjusting all the time. And I think we did a really good job with that. Um, Andy did an amazing job with that, with the staff, with preparing. We, I think, realized before most people that this, this is going to be really long, So when the people in the middle of March uh, went home towards the lockdown, uh, we had given everybody a salary and a half, so it will push them forward so you know they wouldn't, wouldn't starve. Uh, Ronnie, in your, in your personal experience, when the, someone, I don't know who, who have done that, told you, hey, you need to stay in Israel, You cannot travel or I think you were you were in Spain when you realized that you could not return to Philippines and you well, got we were, stuck. Uh, what was your fir first first uh, decision? We had a ticket to the end of March after the rest of the shows that literally got canceled one after another. So when I came back from Spain on the 29th of February, when I arrived to um, to Israel and then after one week I went into quarantine and the following week I had tickets to three other countries uh, to participate in three other shows and one after the other the airlines canceled the flights you know I had to call the hotels and get the money back and blah 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 but it was I was the first week I was just dealing with cancellations and then somewhere in the middle of March I was like okay um, what 
do I do now with our ticket at the end of the month heading to Philippines? So we called Cathay Pacific and, and first we just said, okay, we'll postpone it. And they let us postpone it to the middle of April. And I think after one week, Israel went into lockdown and we realized this is not ending. This is not ending. And I think also for me, because I was in touch with you in particular, and also with my our clients and friends in China, I saw how long it was taking. So it's been... We at that point we had made a decision to just cancel our cancel our flight, get the money back, and um, see what happens. So um, we were able to do that, and I think we were quite lucky because we did it quite fast. Did you think on that time that uh, your life will change radically? No, no, I was in complete denial. Absolutely, complete denial. I, I had no idea what is happening or I had no idea what should be happening and um, I was really like trying to live a day at a time and trying to understand um, how to adjust on a daily basis um, for example um, how do we manage just the, even the kids not being in school and being with them and you know all that stuff so it was really just a day at a time we didn't think that far ahead we really didn't um yeah just a day at a time do you think that you can return to your previous life no. again so it's been going on and on and on and it's been months and you know we continued to pay rent and um And um, we continued to pay rent and it was making a lot of sense, financial sense. Also, of course, as you know, everybody in the tourism industry either were basically fired or um, took a very severe pay cut. So we had we had to adjust. My husband was working as a private chef um, in Israel in people's homes. So once Corona broke out here, that stopped. So we, we had to make assessment a financial assessment um, to basically, once we saw it was an ending um, and it was taking another month and another month, so somewhere in the middle of April, after, or sorry, end of April, we decided we should leave our house in the Philippines. We didn't even know how we were going to do that yet because obviously we can't get back. Um, but we called the landlord who's a good friend and we asked him, um, you know, we. And he understood. He we explained the situation. He understood. And at that point, we um, called upon good friends of ours who went into our house and packed it using video conferences. Uh, we sold everything we had from the car to motorbike to Uh, the big stuff we sold and the little stuff we donated. We donated to a lot of families um, in, in the region, in the villages around. The lady that worked with us um, helped facilitate that. And our friends who packed the house, the friends who packed the house um, also were able to facilitate that. So it was quite, um, it was quite a difficult time for us. It was quite a difficult time. And how to explain that to kids? 
how to explain that to your kids? I think my kids are a little bit different than a lot of other kids uh, because they've already done this, okay, three months in Israel and now we are leaving our home and then we go to another home and then we get back. So I think they obviously were asking about the Philippines a lot, but it's something they already went through and we told them we were going back to the Philippines. Um, once we realized we weren't going back to the Philippines, we, we did, I did sat each of them down. My eldest is four and a half and my youngest is two and a half. Um, and the four and a half, he, he understands. I mean, he does. And so I've explained to him, we call it, we call it the, the virus. <laughs> That's the name of this thing, the virus. So we say, listen, and, and they knew already this word because there's no school because there's virus. There is no, you know, so they knew. But maybe they didn't understand how to stay at home, why you need to keep it uh, away from other people, why you needed to stay long time in Israel and not traveling and maybe having more time with him. Well, absolutely. And, and quite honestly, when the schools got back to Israel, he literally told me, I don't understand why you can't just stay home with us. Why can't we just stay home and and keep traveling every day in the fields and the greenhouses and because we learned a lot of things about nature and you know the flowers and the bees and um, it was springtime so we suddenly we had all this time together walking outside in nature and, and learning new things every day and so they actually I think for them the corona period was was great couple of months of having the nuclear family together um, spending time together and, you know, which rarely happens for so long as, as I travel so much. So it was really nice in that sense. But we also explained to them everything that's happening. You know, we explained to them about the virus and we explained to them why you can't go to the playground and all this kind of stuff. So once we explained to them that the virus has also, he's also in the Philippines and it's, it's hard for us to get back to the Philippines because of the virus. There is not a lot of airplanes. Um, and so I think they understood it. So my eldest was asking, well, what happens to all my toys? <laughs> Or most importantly, both of them were asking what is happening to Lenny, which is um, who is the lady that works with us. And so we've explained to them that Lenny now has to stay in Philippines because there's no planes. And, you know, that's where she lives. And right now we can't live there because we are now in Israel and... We used to call it, the joke was the, the virus that makes the world go crazy. And so when people would ask them, oh, and when do you go to Philippines? And they will say, oh, and the world stopped going crazy because of this virus. Literally, it's little kids, you know, so. Yeah, I think we explained it to them and I think they understood, but they have a really good setup here. Um, I think that helped. Getting Being that sentence, are you getting crazy? If I am getting crazy? Yes. Um, with this, with these changes, with this situation, with this new kind of behaviors, uh, washing your hands, putting maybe your mask or no, uh, it's up to you. But uh, do you think that uh, the world get really crazy? I think. Um, I think the world has definitely gone crazy, <laughs> but I also. I'm really trying to to manage the uncertainty as best as I can 
um, and to make plans that are general guidelines. And so when we realized we were not going to go back to the Philippines, so what's next? And where do we live? And we didn't really plan to live here and we never really wanted to live here, but it seems to be the right choice for the family at the moment. So on a personal level, it's been really difficult for me because I, out of the entire family, I'm probably the one who has the strongest will not to be here. But I have to put my will aside at this point and do what's best for my family. And that is not easy. So... Between all this mess, between all this bad luck, Uh, do you think that it was like a fortune to be stuck in your hometown? Imagine that you got stuck and you need to stay in Philippines. No, I had a really good luck. I mean, looking looking back, it was all very good luck. But again, when you when you're in the situation and it's and it's uncertain and you don't know where is better. At first, I was just trying to get out of here. Middle of March, all I was doing is trying to actually get our ticket to be earlier so we can go back home. And I couldn't do that. I couldn't get flights. So, you know, it, again, looking back, it was the best scenario because it was one of the first countries to open. Um, also, the healthcare here is much better than, than in the Philippines. And so overall, it's been definitely a way better scenario for us. Absolutely. How, how you handle the situation in Israel? Are you confined at home? Can you walk on the street? Can you go to other cities? Everything is back to normal, um, except for the cinema and the large concerts and big hotels. It's all back to normal. I am, you can go between cities. You can go to small hotels. You can go to homestays. You can go everywhere to the beach. Yeah, everything is back to normal. Schools are back. Everything's back. You have to wear a mask. But, yeah, that's about it. You can have close contact with other people, not the social distancing? Well, um, yeah, yeah. You can go to a bar with your friends. If you sit in around the table, you don't have to wear a mask and you can sit wherever you want. And uh, when you get out to go, go to the toilet, if you walk around, you must put a mask. So it's all really a little bit of bullshit. Um I think with these masks, but whatever, we just follow the rules the government is saying, but it's, it's very much back to normal. Everybody's running and jogging and biking and summer started. The beaches are full. They're only restricting the number of people in the national parks, So you have to pre-register instead of just arrive. Um, but everything is normal. Everything is normal. Buses, yeah, everything. And your family life is always normal or you have to put some rules around Not. Um, rules what do you mean by rules for example your kids they going to play outside and when they come back they don't enter at home without taking all the clothes without taking oh no uh, no, 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 no 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 we we really I, but i am very uh <laughs> You know, Vito, we've been talking about this a little bit uh, throughout the time. Yeah. I don't. I never took this so seriously. I believe that um, 
a healthy lifestyle builds a strong immune system and that is where we put our focus so since the outbreak i've really taken even an extra step with the nutrition of my children uh, vitamin d and vitamin c have been proven effective in dealing with this virus so we have definitely been out in the sun a lot and making sure that we have a lot of vitamin c um and so no we do wash our hands Yeah, my kids call it arco arco gel instead of alcohol gel. It's called arco gel, and they think it's a game. Um, so they run around. Oh, I want arco gel. I want arco gel. But um, you know, we 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 explain to them that the reason we are also careful right now is because we live with the grandparents and they are older, but also very healthy as well. So we just take precaution. And uh, we want to make sure this this virus doesn't come inside our house, so we wash our hands. Anyway, we live in Asia, so we have a habit of taking our shoes off um, when we come inside the house, which is not existing in other countries a lot. So, at least, yeah, we definitely. Those are the only measures. I but I also think in the beginning it was a bit more crazy, and now people have really eased their attitude towards this epidemic um so yeah i think i think it's okay uh, in your personal uh, your personal and professional life you have a lot of contacts with uh, other people and particular your main activity was diving um how you feel not diving not talking with uh, other people other guests during i imagine since february during this last four months that you don't have touched i imagine water wow i uh, first i have to say i have a thing called my show family um So these are people like me and we travel together around the world and we meet only in the dive shows. That's why we call each other our show family. And so I miss my show family, absolutely. <laughs> you know, these guys have been active participants in my life. And so we, we stay in touch. We speak a lot. Also the agents from around the world. We, I, I speak to... I speak to everybody every couple of weeks at a minimum. Some people I speak to way more than that because they've now become personal friends. So I, I stay in touch with everybody. I get the updates from the different governments, from the different places. Yeah. So, and also like you, like what you're doing right now with me is what I've been doing is, is basically how, how people, um, react and how people feel inside this mess do you think that this virus will change also the industry of diving oh absolutely 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 um i think that um businesses are now at a very difficult point uh, from a business perspective the revenue that was supposed to be realized in 2020 has now gone into 2021 basically preventing future revenue that would have come anyway or would have come otherwise from coming in so basically the loss of 2020 will spread i believe throughout middle of 2022 
as people are rescheduling their vacations and they will not be booking new vacations. So from a business perspective, the effect of this, even if tomorrow everything ends and the borders open and people are back to traveling, it will still be a while until we get back to where we were before, which is a really, really good year for us as a business. I think the, um, I think some people are weary of traveling. Um, especially the older people which are the more affluent people which are the people who have the money to travel some of them are now saying oh I'm not sure if I want to travel if there is no vaccine you know so it's um, it's really instilling the confidence in people um, to travel again will take a while of course also remember that we have millions of people unemployed so we have dive shops that had sold trips and now people are not making their payments because they lost their jobs because they haven't been working because there's no government support in some some countries as bad any safe guard plan to recover the business or this is will be an unknown future I think it's an unknown future. I think we have to wait for the government regulations to even appear. Um, the Philippines government has a set of insane regulations which we cannot follow. So they are also trying to figure out how to handle this. Everybody's just adjusting at this point. That's, that's all we need to do. How are you going to plan your life? <laughs> uh, I don't know. You know, we... <laughs> I know that this is a very difficult question. No, it's no problem. For now, we decided to stay in Israel. Uh, we are, like I said, it's unlike what I wanted and planned. We were going to move to southern Spain at some point, but I think for now we will stay here. I am trying to take this um, to the best way that I can and to the most positive reaction that I can and um, to deal with, you know, being in a situation where you don't feel like you <laughs> want to be in. But it's okay. I'm looking at the bright side. I'm looking at the good time that yeah. my kids can have here. And I don't look at it as coming back forever. It's another stop in our journey. Uh, we will be back. I don't know if it will be in Philippines or other countries. I do remain in my job because I work from home, so I'm quite fortunate in that sense um and i we're just taking it a step at a time you know we are homeless we are a homeless family uh with a few boxes in the philippines waiting for them to be shipped here when things open up here it's it's just yeah we're just taking it a day at a time really philippines is already a full stop in your life uh workways no but uh yeah Personally, uh, we won't come back to live there as a family now. Roni, thank you very much for this conversation and to tell people or to our listeners how they need to understand how this virus can change the life of a person that was almost settled for, for life in Philippines and suddenly uh, you need to change all your way of living and all your way of work. I think for people uh, these days, the most important is to be appreciative of what you have, your health, your family, a place to live, something to eat, 
is better than many other people in this world. So being thankful is one thing. And of course, also being able to be adaptive um, to the changes around and to be reactive instead of proactive, to just take it a day at a time. If you can and you are fortunate, enjoy the time with your dear ones. And there's really nothing else you can do. <laughs> Yeah. It is what it is, right? Yeah, take the day one, take your life day by day. Exactly. consequences of the virus have not yet been fully discovered. There are effects that will change many of our habits. For your own protection and the protection of the others, please eliminate all forms and possibilities of contagious. Wash your hands whenever is possible. This episode of Understand ends here. If you like it, please subscribe or click in that button that says follow. Please also leave some comments and suggestions. I'm Vitor Moutinho and I will be back soon for a new conversation.